This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wick and Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper and Damien Farrar-Hockley. Also joining us is Chairboys fan and newly appointed ambassador for the Wick and Wanderers Foundation, John Lavender. One quick thing to mention, uh, Dan, always with us usually, can't be with us today. Uh, we found out yesterday that he was involved in a high-speed traffic accident he's okay we've been chatting with him he's a little bit banged up a bit concussed in his own words his body's a bit tender um but we do wish him all the best hopefully he'll be back next week um but yeah the bit bit worrying get hearing hearing the news from him yesterday wasn't it boys it was it sounds like it was um it was completely avoidable as well so um frustrating but the main thing is he's all right he's not had um He's not had much much luck with cars this week, as he? he broke down just before the Bradford <laughs> game and couldn't get there. And then yeah. uh, somebody drove into his courtesy car when he was uh, he was stationary at fifty miles an hour. So, oh, yeah, God. best of luck to you, Dan. Hope the uh, hope you recover quickly and the cuts and bruises heal up. But um, yeah, main thing is, like I say, he's all right. Apparently, he was eating a sandwich, wasn't he? This guy driving he drove into him. Yeah, or uh, That's what Dan some, something like that. Yeah, I think the moral of the story is, you know, for sure, like. Uh, Eat sandwiches, but maybe not when you're driving. <laughs> and, and, and for sure, pay attention when you're on the road. Uh, Dan, we wish you all the best, mate. We'll get well soon, today. Dan. Yeah, get um, well, Dan. We haven't met, but I look forward to um, meeting you soon. And also, you know, if you're if you're listening to this, just send him a couple of memes on Twitter. That'll that'll make his day. Send him send him the most outrageous memes you can possibly find. He loves a good meme. Uh, yeah. See you next week, Dan. Uh, let's get into this. Uh, Bradford City at the weekend. We are through to the second round of the FA Cup. The first time we've been successful at that stage since 2017. A 2-1 win. Uh, a goal from Killian Phillips, who continues his good run of form. Uh, highly impressive. Uh, on his loan spell so far and an own goal. Bradford got back into it uh, before the end. I don't think any of us actually watched the full game, but we were paying attention to it on the day and we've all watched the highlights. Uh, general thoughts on the performance? Happy to be into round two? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I wasn't that up for it this time last year. This time last week, <laughs> I was worried about injuries and squad depth and things like that. But it, it was a decent result, wasn't it? And um, sounds like it was a bit squeaky bum at the uh, at the end. But actually, that's probably done us a few favours. You know, after a couple of weeks of of shipping loads of goals, uh, we kept clean sheet last Tuesday, and then we've uh, we by all accounts defended really, really well for. For the second half of the Bradford game, so um, so yeah, you know, looking forward to uh, looking forward to round two. It's a winnable tie, um, and yeah, let's be honest, the littler the littler clubs are just all about getting a big tie in um, in round three, aren't they? So so yeah. keeping our eye on. But uh, how wicked would it be to get through the first one and then uh, and then get beaten by more? Saturday was all about um, going up there, getting a result, and not not coming back with too many injuries, basically. Um, it's no. It was never going to be a pretty game, was it? Um, what, from what I've seen, well, I see it's very limited what they show you on the highlights. Um, I was watching, looking at the updates and things on the on Twitter, and it just seemed like they didn't turn up for the first half, but did for the second. We did we did the work in the first half, and I'm just very really pleased for Killian Phillips to get his first first senior mm-hmm. goal. Yeah, I think his confidence in the world is good, won't it, as well? Because he seems to be kind of starting to motor a bit now. You can see his performance is getting better and better. And hopefully, yeah, that goal will uh, kick him on even further. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm really liking about uh, Killian at the moment is you can just see the confidence growing in in him, can't you? And we, we've been talking about it on previous pods that he seems to have really grown into this squad, uh, his performances recently, but also the passion that he's been showing, particularly during that Oxford game, you know, the fist pumping at the penalties. But, you know, we, we've been saying that he's got goals in him and uh, and he's proven that. And I think all you need is that first one, right? And that kind of yeah. uncorks the bottle. Really excited to see what's going on. And uh, I think also, you know, given what, you know, he's been in the news for non-football reasons recently and to see the club really kind of come behind him, I think it's going to do him a world of good because that kind of stuff can really destabilise a player. Um, really, really pleased for him. But, you know, look, I want to talk about some some other, you know, supporting performances as well, things that stood out from, you know, at least the highlights. Uh, but, you know, David Wheeler continues to do really well in, in the minutes that he's getting. Uh, a fantastic headed assist for the first goal. Uh, Freddie Potts, Mr. Consistent in that side, uh, really, really did well, um, determined, won the ball back, whipped in the cross, caused all sorts of commotion, second goal. Um, but also Max, you know, look, we've been talking about Max, he had a couple of, you know, dodgy moments over the last few weeks, but has has atoned for the most part, but produced a fantastic save uh, at 2-1 to prevent us going to the replay. So I think all in all... Some really good performances, some consistent performances. Yeah, you forget how young Pops is. Is he 19? Yeah. yeah. He controls a game in League One. When we've had um, some of my own experiences of watching sort of high-profile low knees, they come with these sort of big reputations. And yeah, you can tell from sort of technical ability-wise, it's probably not the standard they're going to play. But they kind of get bullied out of games. They're not used to that physicality. Um, but Potts, he just seems to have taken it like a duck to water and it just absolutely controls a game. And when you're 19 and you're controlling a game in League One, I just think he's destined for very big things. He, he doesn't play like a 19-year-old, though, does he? Not at all. No, he's he, w- he was on the bench, wasn't he, in the European final last season. So yeah. West Ham must, think, must, must have high, high, high hopes for him. Um, I just... The cross... If you just have a look at the technique of the cross... that. Uh, produce a second goal. It's just it's, it, it is Premiership class because he was just 
basically, if he wasn't there, if, if the defender hadn't had it in, David Willis heading it in straight away, easy. He was right behind him. So it was on a, it was on a sixpence. It's the quality the, the, the quality of his delivery as well. People look at him as a defensive midfielder, and that I remember speaking to Marcus Bean, and and he said you become a decent sort of defensive midfielder as you mature as a footballer. Um, and I mean that's that just shows you how good he is because he's already one of the best at, at this level. Um, but he, he's so good in that kind of winning the ball back and and driving forward that you you forget how good his delivery it, it is. And um, like Damien just said, he can put the ball on a sixpence. He's got the ability to get his head up as well. He always looks like he's got so much time. And when I was a kid, the players who you played with, who were always the good ones, were the ones who who looked like they had more time than you did on the ball. And he just looks like he's got oodles of time. He's always in space. So he's been a really good find. And I think that's what that's what Blooms has done so well, is he's used his contacts. Um, he's had a specific type of player that he wants to sign. And, uh, and he's gone out and got them. And I think... Um, yeah, we're starting to see the fruits of that now. Yeah, I think people were worried, weren't they, initially, about, oh, when Gareth went, yeah. oh, and Blooms, is he going to have that draw for the big clubs like we had sort of previously? But, yeah, as you said, fair play to him. He's really, he's found some gems. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Looking at the stats, uh, and, and Adam's favourite moment of any conversation is the stats, because they're not particularly revealing of the game. Ultimately, we won. But the stats you know, do tell a bit of a different story. Bradford dominated possession, 60-40, 17 attempts. Um, so so they got their fair share of licks in. Uh, ultimately, obviously, it didn't do them the world of good. Um, but I think that they probably would have taken some positive uh, notes away from that game. Obviously, they've announced Graham Alexander as their new manager. Good luck to them for the rest of the season. Um, but should we be potentially throwing a dampener on this, but should we be a little bit concerned by the fact that we're playing League Two opposition, mid-table, not doing that great opposition, and, you know, kind of getting bossed on a stat level? I wouldn't no. say so. I wouldn't say so. I mean, how many games have we won where we've had less possession? I don't think we're... All of we're, not, yeah. we're not a possession-based yeah. side. When we've got more possession, we tend to lose. It's just, yeah. uh, apart from um, Fleetwood, but that was an anomaly. Um... We just, just like the way that um, I've done what I usually do, and I've been looking at all the um, social media of the opposition when we beat them, and they were basically said that we bossed the first half, just not possession-wide, but we were we were the only side looking to score in the first half, and they turned up in the second half, and they were not happy, basically. Mm. I, I just think, yeah, we, we, did the, we did the work in the first half, and that was enough, I think, because we've got the strength at the back now, especially with Max's double save, which was just amazing, um, to actually hold on for that win. And so, yeah, first half, was, we did all the work and then we just had to sit on it and it worked. You have to remember as well the players that we've got out injured. Um, yeah. You know, if you said at the beginning of the season, you're going to be missing JJ, Grimmer, um, Vokes, Farino, um Scowen. Vincent Young, Scowen, um, you know, there's, there's, yeah. there's seven uh, without even thinking about it. Um, it's a real testament again to the work that Blooms has done, but to the to the depth of the squad. It's really, really tough, I would think, as a as an athlete to, to just keep having to go again, you know, keep having to wheel him out there. And Blooms has said a couple of times, you know, about Jasper. This is a kid who who hasn't played oodles of minutes and all of a sudden he's playing 90 minutes in every game. Um, 
And not only is he playing 90 minutes in every game, but he's not looking out of place at all. Doing really well. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it, John, I know you think really highly of him, but I think when you look at the kind of players that we've got, um, if you'd have looked at the beginning of the season and said all of those players would be out, I think all of us would have been going, oh, shit, you know, we're in trouble. <laughs> going down, yeah. Actually, <laughs> do you know what? That, that that could have been a real tricky tie. It could have been a banana skin. Um, and we've gone up there. We've done the job. Um, like I say, you know, we've we kept him out in the second half and defended well. Um, Keo's come on and um, and done well at the back, which will do his confidence the world a good after a couple of shaky games. Um, like you say, Max has made a couple of good saves. Hopefully, that's him through a little bit of a sticky patch. You know, when we say sticky patch, it was a very very minor sticky patch. He hasn't mm-hmm. had any absolute mares. No, not at all. Um, but but you know, I I think you can only take positives out, out of it when you're going all that way up north on a cold Saturday afternoon in the first round of the FA Cup. You know, you've only got to look at some of the results and Charlton have drawn with Creve. Yeah. <laughs> I would much rather be in our position than theirs. So as per usual, I've taken no attention to the stats whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> there's only one stat that matters and that's the score. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, as, as as I said earlier, and as you mentioned as well, Adam, Morecambe in the second round, it's not particularly uh, a glamour uh, draw. Uh, I, I did see some comments with some people on social media kind of going, oh no, Derek Adams again. Um, That's at right, the end of the day, get to show some more abuse at him. Well, we? yeah, it's, it's, it's a winnable tie at the end of the day. And um, I, I always kind of think when it comes to a draw, I, I don't know, the romantic in me loves a good old, you know, non-league tie. I love those kind of games. They're banana skins and potential embarrassments waiting to happen, as Charlton have obviously found out. I do like that. But ultimately, it's a winnable game. And, you know, I don't want to look past Morecambe. Uh, a potential glamour tie in the third round. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to, right? We need to make sure we don't do what we did last year with, with the Warsaw game and just sort of not turn up basically mm. um if we play like we have been in most league games this season i think we'll come to we beat morecambe um but like you say what a what either a nice trip for us all or a big team at Allen Park. so the games on tv and things like that that's what we're looking for 100 mm. percent. put a nice bow on it we're in the second round let's celebrate that let's also celebrate the fact that luke leahy is up for player of the month for october and deservedly so. He's been phenomenal. Four assists, two goals. We love him on this podcast. And if you're a Wiccan Wanderers fan, I mean, if you're listening to this and, and you're not, what's going on there? Um, we, we love Luke Leahy. This is the Luke Leahy Love Club. Um, but let's be real, though. Tough, tough shortlist. Let's just go through them really, really quickly. Um, it's a shortlist of four for October. Jordan Gibson, Carlisle United. Uh, five goals from his wide position, including a hat-trick against Bolton. Uh, Alfie May, no stranger to Wickham for Charlton. Uh, he scored uh, seven goals in six games. That's a really fantastic return. And also Connor Shaughnessy, uh, signed from Burton. Uh, he's uh, three clean sheets in five games and scored against Wickham uh, in that game that a lot of us have tried to put out of our memory. That's a really tough shortlist. It is, yeah, but as the 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 founder, the chairman, <laughs> and the a lifetime member of the Luke Leahy Love Club, <laughs> uh, I think he wins it hands down. Uh, no, listen, I'm just glad that he's getting the uh, the recognition for what he's doing. Um, and again, this is a, this is going to get really boring, but this is a testament to the great work that we've done behind the scenes. We've identified a player 
um, you know, and that's not just Blooms or the Scouts or um, or the recruitment team. That's you know the Kuwigs having the having the balls to back Blooms as well. We've gone out and we've got him, um, and you know it, it. It's really really positive to see that actually you know the one that we've gone out, we spent some money on, and we've taken a gamble on, is the one that's paid off. Um, he can play in a number of positions. Attitude is brilliant. You know you you'd have him as your skipper. Um, but also, yeah. if he's not your skipper, you know that he's a leader yeah. on the pitch. He does that job so well that we were crying out for last season, and we speak about it a lot on this podcast, where the link between the defence and midfield, we always said that if ever Josh was having a bad game or he wasn't playing, there was no link between the defence and midfield. And Lee, he just seems to do that naturally. And if you ever look at his heat maps, he's he's always in that, kind of between the 18-yard box and the halfway line. He's not really playing as a centre-back. He's almost played as like a sort of quarterback, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um I just think that everything that he's done um, in such a short space of time has been absolutely fantastic. You know, take the competition out of it for a minute. The fact that he's getting recognition is great. If he wins it, then fantastic, please for him. But if he doesn't, you know, he deserves the recognition, and I'm I'm absolutely convinced that he'll he'll continue to kick on as he settles in. And he's a great asset off the pitch as well. He seems to have just fitted in so well with the kind of not just on the pitch but off the pitch. So with the kids outside after. After the games, he's engaging. He talks. He talks to them. He sort of generally wants to have that uh, conversation. So from that side of things, yeah, as Adam says, that's a massive tick. Well, I, I don't know if anyone's seen the uh, ringing the blues this week. He's he's on that, and he just comes across like a really nice guy. Uh, but he also he's very knowledgeable about football, and he loves loves football. Looks like he's loving life at Wickham. I uh, just want to build upon what Adam said about him linking. There's a reason Freddie Potts can play like he does because mm-hmm. Luke Leahy will will link it link it up from the, from the uh, from the back basically, um, and sort of he compliments or compliments Potts perfectly, even when Scowan's not there. You know, we're all worried about if Scowan didn't play, what would happen? Leahy is basically playing midfield and defence. He's not just stuck in one place, and it allows us to play the five at the back because of the way he because of the way he. Uh, he links everything up. Some fantastic analysis from the latest uh, convert to the Luke League. I am, Love I Club. am the newest member. Um, <laughs> he, he had to grow on me, but he certainly has, and I'm paid we, up now. We're getting matching t-shirts <laughs> made and everything. Um, <laughs> fantastic stuff. Yeah, well, the winner gets announced on Friday, um, but like you said, Adam, I think it's just phenomenal. The you know, win or lose, he's getting that recognition. I saw a tweet. Uh, I think last league, uh, last last league, last week uh, from uh, a non-affiliated Twitter account that was suggesting that he was one of the top transfers of the summer. Uh, you're not going to get any arguments from us. And not that we're biased or anything, but it, it's wonderful to see that you know non-Wickham fan accounts are recognising just what a crack in signing he's been, and just what a fantastic addition uh, to this squad he is. So uh, best of luck, Luke, uh, from the Luke Leahy Love Club. Uh, let's talk foundation. That's the reason why you're here, John. Welcome. Um, we yeah. So so obviously the Wickham Wanderers Foundation, the charity arm of the football club, um, doing the best to get the wonderful Wickham Wanderers badge out into the local community. There's some really fantastic initiatives, but for the purposes of people who perhaps don't know exactly what the foundation do, obviously you've been uh, in your ambassador role for about two weeks, so we're not going to grill you too hard, but just. Give <laughs> Us a, just just give us a general overview of what the foundation is and, um, and and what is your role going to be going forward? 
if I go back to sort of 2016 when um, the Lavender family first moved to Wickham, because that's effectively how I started with back then, as it was known, um, the Sports and Education Trust, and it rebranded to the foundation at the back end of last year. So, so my kids wanted to get involved in um, into football, never really played football at all. And uh, my wife just Googled um, morning Saturday morning football clubs for kids. And Wickham Wanderers set, as it was known then, appeared um, in the search. And I made contact with um, the club through that. They arrived on the Saturday morning. And I think at that point, there was like 10 kids. And we still, we kept going back every week. And you, you know, when you can see something, you think, well, this has got legs. All it needs is a bit of promotion. Someone's get behind it. And this thing will grow. Well, if you fast forward seven years... They now have a hundred boys and girls on a Saturday, so they've taken that absolutely. It's been tremendous for them, um, and as I said, I sort of kept in uh, contact with a lot of people at the foundation, and I sort of had a chat with the new uh, CEO a guy called Mark Gateskill, who was appointed back end of last year, and we met a couple of months ago. Um, and he kind of said, oh, look, heard a lot about you, um, my business background, and I've got now a couple of months to invest some time with the foundation. And he said, would you like to come on as a ambassador? So what does that mean for me? Um, ultimately, what I'm there to do is ultimately promote the foundation. We want to generate its revenue. So um, we're looking for sort of sponsorships, ideally locally, if we can. Um, but that can be from far and wide. It does that doesn't. It's not a prerequisite, and it's also about increasing offerings based on our current activities that we do, and also new activities that we need to find more activities to generate more revenue to make the um, community come into the football club. And also, I'll be mentoring some stuff. So. I had my first meeting with one of the chaps there last week that was really good. I think we had sort of two hours locally down the Hillbottom Road. Um, and he, he took a lot from it to see how we can progress. So, yeah, something that I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth into. And I think, yes, yeah, Saturday's game against Stevenage, I think, is going to really showcase what the foundation does because there's so much that I didn't know it did. Um, so, if you take things like the warm hub that happened in sort of January, February and March of this year. That was an initiative of the of the foundation, um, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, they deal with um, young offenders. There's mental health schemes. I think you saw the the walk on the Rye. I think they did a, um, a tweet out video um, on that this Tuesday mornings. And um, yeah, and it's just about bringing that local community into the football club and you know I think I hate saying the word COVID but if you go back to COVID I think us as a family we realised that football the football club was sort of our second home kind of thing and you kind of used to do it and you say oh yeah I just do it for the boys but when you couldn't go I kind of said to him I said oh you know I think we're missing this a bit aren't we and yeah it wasn't just the boys it was us invested as well. So I think come Saturday, with all the different things going on, and effectively there's going to be 100 
um, participants that are going to showcase or those hundred participants are from the different projects that the foundation um, support. And that's what we're looking to grow and for the fan base to know about the foundation and to try and come on board. So there's obviously growing buzz for the Foundation Day this coming Saturday for yep. the Stevenage game. Um, obviously, you mentioned the the 100 participants there. Can you give us a little bit more information about what we can kind of expect to, to kind of see? What, what can fans be expected to kind of participate in on the day? Yeah, so as far as I understand it, there's going to be, um, I think there's going to be two, I think it's from the girls' um, academy that will be presenting the match ball um before the game there'll be sort of a guard of honor i think it's a mixture i think there's 16 from the top of my head which is a mixture of um young and old um so you'll have uh, participants from the 65s warm hub and then you'll have um lads and girls in relation to the um football academy side of things and then there's going to be a i think walk around the pitch at half-time um, with all the different, again, all the different participants over the various activities. And also, there's also things like, um, I think you've seen on Twitter where the players have drawn other players on the details. <laughs> so they will all be, um, they're available, I think, in the club shop. And I think that the, the good one is the all of the players will be warming up in the foundation training shirts. So they will be washed and then auctioned. They'll be signed and, and they'll be auctioned after the game. Lovely. Yeah, very exciting. We saw we saw the video, I think, of uh, the players uh, doing their best impressions. And uh, hopefully that didn't cause too many uh, internal team problems because, uh, well, they're paid to play football, not to draw pictures. But uh, yeah, and also I really like, from a commercial standpoint, the idea of taking those portraits and turning that into, you know, something that, you know, we we can buy uh, that. That tells me that there's obviously a, a a stronger commercial mindset that's uh that's driving not only the foundation but the club. So it's the kind of things that you love to see. Um, can we quickly talk about the sustainability stuff? Because I know Adam uh, absolutely loves talking about sustainability. We found out from the club the other day that the uh, the initiative spearheaded by uh, David Wheeler, the B1 sustainability strategy, as it's come to be known, uh, that is launching and that is going to be onboarding feedback from the recent fan survey. So 150 responses from fans. Well done to you guys. That's obviously going to be used to kind of transform the match day experience um, to make it more economic. Um, more sustainable um, for the environment. Um, some some really excited stuff at the moment. It's it's all a little bit vague in terms of what those actual plans are. Um, is there anything you can share? And Adam, you know, keen to get your thoughts on this exciting new development. For one, can't at the moment. Um, but I'm meant to be sitting down and having a chat with um, Wills within the next sort of week or so. So I'll get some more information on that and um, hope to be able to share it very soon. What I would say is, I mean, obviously, I do sustainability for multi-million-pound company. Um, not just me, but part of a slightly bigger team, but not a massive team. What I will say is, there are some some massive companies who are also a little bit grey about where they're going on this journey to net zero. Mm. Um, and this isn't a case about tree hugging and, you know setting fire to stuff and chucking orange paint over things. This is a case of eventually we are going to be forced into doing these things. So doing things sensibly, doing things well and doing things early is both commercially uh, and economically sensible. 
Uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, set whatever your baseline is. So where are we starting and be as honest as we possibly can about our match day experience. Um, you know, what do we like? What don't we like about it? And build it from there. And it's some very, very simple things. You know, how many hundreds of plastic cups are we throwing away? How many people are, are driving in a... Um, driving with one person or two people in their cars, you know, in, incentivizing lift sharing and things like that. And I know that you, they used to. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last minute winner? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Do a, a park for free or park for half price if you bring a full car. Um, just little things like that, like thinking about how we can reduce our carbon footprint. But ultimately for the football club, the most difficult thing is that they've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people walking through the gates um, who also need to reduce their carbon footprint in order for the football club to be able to do the same. So to have to have it spearheaded by somebody like Wills, who's really personable, John probably knows him better than most. Do you still sponsor him, John? Yeah, we still sponsor him. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. You know, he's he's really engaging, he's passionate about it, he knows what he's talking about, and he's very, very intelligent. I think we're we're in a really lucky place and we need to use him because there believe me, there are a lot of I've just come off of a um sustainability course that was run by the British Retail Consortium. Um and it really was as exciting as it sounds. It sounds riveting. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, there were some there were some humongous companies there who I won't name. Um, but some of them haven't even started on their road to net zero. Um, there were some very, very basic things and the heads of, uh, or the, uh, the sustainability leads of these businesses were looking blankly back at the guy who was presenting the course because they've not even started. Wow. Uh, so this is something that everybody is in the very, very, very early stages of. Um, and it's something that's real. It's not going to go away. So I think we've done a, We've done a really good thing. We've taken some positive steps, and uh, and now it has to be all about working out the next steps. How can we make our match day more sustainable whilst growing the number of people um, and um, and and keeping the high standards that we've set up? Hmm. And as Adam sort of rightly said, you couldn't ask for a better person to sort of be fighting our corner than Will's. He's you know. He, he kind of he talks so much so much sense um and you know we're, we're completely different ends of the kind of political spectrum but somehow we kind of we we meet in the middle we find common ground mm. and we can have a decent conversation um about things and you know he got he got us changing our um ways in some respects because i think i think he said sank about um it's impossible to get 100% of people doing 100% of everything 
right, that's just never going to happen. But if you can get a lot of a percentage of people doing a fair good chunk of a percentage of things right, then things will improve because things don't improve with just a handful of people doing the right things. Yeah, I think it's just a case of, you know, make sure that your own house is tidy, clean your back garden. And and if we all adopt that approach, and also if we if we take that approach into our match day experience and think, you know, kind of look after yourself, look after the people in your in your circles, then yeah. uh, then collectively we can really, really make a difference. And yeah, absolutely wonderful that we've got wheels uh, driving this, but with the support uh, of the fan base and uh, and now also with the foundation too. Really excited to hear more about the B1 sustainability strategy when more uh, information drops. And the foundation is Saturday. The foundation day uh, is something that I'm very keen to kind of see how that unfolds and, and to see what uh, benefits that brings. I do want to quickly mention, I've been seeing the foundation all over my Twitter feed the last couple of weeks. Um, can't avoid you guys at the moment, but that's wonderful. Um, so I don't know if that's something you're going to be taking responsibility for, um, but there definitely seems to be more noise around the foundation than ever before. I know that uh, Craig, Craig Anderson's been making some videos. They've been some you know, some really good content as well coming out. Um, so massive kudos uh, to, to you, John, and to the rest of the team at the foundation, um, because it seems like it's really kind of starting to gain traction. But yeah. last question um, from me, with regards to, you know, people that are looking to get more involved, how can we, the fans, uh, get involved with the foundation and their activities? And quite perhaps most importantly, how can we support the foundation? Well, I think the main thing is, is uh, obviously you've got the you've got the website, but I think the the absolute pivotal key is Saturday. So we'll be handing out leaflets. I think um, I've been roped into um, walking around and handing some out. I don't think Stanley will be as well, and I think Amy may even be. Um, <laughs> Family endeavour, exactly. But I know there's a lot of staff um, going to be there as well. So look, they're all very, very um, approachable people. If you want to know more about the foundation then literally you could just ask them what um, expand on what I've sort of said um, today. If they, if they want to know a bit more, because there's so much more things I've missed things like education programs um, in schools. And I've got to get the, um, the CEO, Mark Gateskill, a massive um, shout out really, because I always said that there was a huge disconnect between the club and the foundation. And I've, I always used to say to people that, um, the foundation is the jewel in the club's crown. And if they can work together that they are now doing, then I can see Adams Park just get growing and growing and that fan base increasing and increasing and more families being involved. Because look, this is where it started for, for the Lavender families, just by going on to Google, typing in Wickham Football, and seven years down the line, we're heavily invested in in the club and the foundation so uh, you, i want to make the foundation and uh, the, the club ultimately the sort of the beating heart of the the um community yeah my my experience with the community started with the um the holiday clubs that they do yeah um, and i know that your boys have been um john but um i i genuinely could not believe that for a week they charge something like 75 quid which is absolutely incredible value for a week. A child mind for that, could you, Adam? For a week of childcare, <laughs> um, and the fact that they're being they're being coached by qualified, properly qualified football coaches. Mm. Obviously, 
Lockie is really, really, really engaged in football anyway, but the improvement that he made over the summer holidays, just going to that for three weeks, was absolutely incredible. Um, the guys down there are brilliant. Uh, and I would urge anybody who's a parent who's coming up to holidays and wondering what they can do with their kids, stick them in there and just give it a go because he comes back absolutely shattered. He's had a great time. Um, and it's 75 quid a week. It, it, it really is good value for money. And like, like John touched on there, you know, we need more people like him. We need parents who perhaps aren't Wickham supporters. There's an awful lot of people over here who sort of come from West London, you know, support QPR, support Brentford, support Chelsea, and perhaps aren't regular matchgoers to those cl- to those clubs. Um, but as soon as they start bringing their kids along, they will get the bug. And, you know, more people like John who, who, who want to come in and want to support the club and go to away games and start sponsoring players. And, you know, it was... It was John's kids that started giving the uh, giving the sweets out to the players that uh, that Lockie's now doing. And Lockie used to stand with Stanley in the freezing cold when he was giving his sweets <laughs> out. Lockie would be getting his three thousand autographs, and Stanley would be giving the sweets out. And it's it, it, it's things like that that make this such a special club. Um, and without it, I think we would be in a much worse place. So I would just urge everybody just to take five minutes in your lunch break, just go onto the clubs to the foundation's website, just have a look at what they do. And even better, the game on Saturday, Adam. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Go to the game. Lockie will be walking around the pitch as well as a special treat for everybody. Oh, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he's on the. He's doing the. Um, doing the guard of honour and then walking around the pitch at half time. Is he going to chat some sweets in the crowd? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can he reach the Frank Adams? Throw up to the Frank Adams. <laughs> you, it's, you love to hear it, and um, and John as well. You know what a what a wonderful story, and um, you know for my my marketing. Uh, brain is just firing at the moment um you've got a tremendous story there a fantastic case study on people that have come to the to the area and have really got behind the team and you are essentially the model family you are the the people that we want to attract to adams park with their kids and turn create the next generation of fans um I, you know i i really hope the you know five ten years down the line this podcast is still going but it's being you know hosted by Lockie and 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 your boys that would just be absolutely wonderful right because we're just custodians of this stuff um but fantastic hearing more about the foundation long may it continue really excited to see how things progress on Saturday and beyond um if you're if you want to learn more about the foundation and how you can get involved and as Adam mentioned, how you can get your kids off learning how to play football really well for 75 quid. Wow. Go to wickandwanderersfoundation.co.uk. Pizza Trophy is no more. I know. Moment of silence for the Pizza Trophy. Uh, they've renamed it. It's now called the the Bristol Street Motors Trophy, adding to the illustrious names Johnston Paint, LDV Vans, Ah, uh, whatever. Um, look, we're not going to talk about it for long, but do you know what? I find it really strange that they've announced this and they, they've changed. I mean, because all of the iconography has changed mid-season. We're midway through the tournament for this season. I've never I've never seen that happen before. Is that normal? What's going on? I think their sponsorship ran out at the end of last season, didn't Yeah, they, they didn't have a sponsor yeah, for the first half of the season. Ah. So they just sort of said, oh, yeah, Papa John's carry on. Until we can find someone. So, so quite similar to what United are doing with TeamViewer, because TeamViewer aren't their main sponsors anymore. But They're I just not, don't no. think they want. I don't think they want the the bare shirt. But the one thing that I've noticed is when you've got a bare shirt and no sponsor on it, it actually looks really good. Yeah, kind of makes cool. you want to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
yeah, really strange. Look, I don't think anyone cares. I think we will care if we win because then we can call ourselves Bristol Street Motors Trophy winners. <laughs> but uh, must be we'll all be, in- we'll, we'll all be at Wembley, even though we don't know the competition. <laughs> must be added incentive for uh, for Bristol Rovers, maybe you know, because uh, I don't know, I don't know. Let's not talk about it anymore. Who cares? Um, a bit more important um, is uh, well, we're not going to have any football on the 18th, so the Wigan Athletic game has been postponed due to us just having too many international superstars i know what a what a terrible thing to have what an embarrassment of riches we have these days so no game on the 18th um guys any alternative things that we can be doing to busy ourselves um there is some non-league action so risper rangers will be playing Harefield united uh and if you're in chesham they'll be playing gosport borough so definitely support some non-league if you can is there anything else we can do demo you're going to be doing any handstand challenges or anything I very much doubt that. No, no, no one wants to see that. No one. <laughs> Least of all me. <laughs> Richmond Rangers might be an op- option I'll go to, but there's no handstands involved, I promise you. Uh, I think I'm going to take advantage of uh, of a quiet day. I've had um, I've had a few weeks of absolute chaos. I think I'm going to take advantage of a quiet day. Might go to the pub, have a couple of pints. Nice. And just uh, just watch some of the overpaid prima donnas from the Premier League that weekend, or from the uh, international teams that weekend, because there won't be any Premier League. No, there won't. International break, yeah. Exactly right, yeah. So, uh, no, it's it's got to be a positive thing that that we're losing these games, because it means that the quality of player that we're bringing in is better. Um, And, you know, with our injury problem, we touched on it a couple of weeks ago, with our injury problems, it probably will come at the right time. But what we don't want is for it to bite us on the arse at the other end of the season. We don't want to end up with a massive fixture pile-up. A build-up, yeah. Um, Which which is why, and again, we touched on this previously, which is why I thought, you know, perhaps if we could have played the Cheltenham game, it probably would have been would have been worthwhile trying to get it on rather than uh, rather than calling it off at that time because they weren't in any kind of form at all. Uh, I think they only had two call-ups, so it must have been us who um, who called that one off. But no, you know, it, it can only be positive and whatever you get up to, like you say, if you can get out and watch them on league, then uh, then go and do it, go and support, go and support somebody else local and, um, and prepare yourselves for, uh, I think it's Reading, isn't it? Reading at home the week after. Reading, Wilson. isn't it, after that, yeah. But it was us that called it off. Um, Cheltenham and Wigan, both in their Twitters, have said, you know, due to Wigan Wonders, um, <laughs> international call-ups rather than themselves. Another thing um, to blame us for. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, but, I mean, Cheltenham, yeah, I think we could have won with the score we got. Wigan might be a bit of a different story um, with some of the players we're going to miss because uh, they're pretty good at home. They showed that last night, didn't they? Didn't they beat Peter last night? So, yeah. Um, yeah, Wigan might be one we need our full squad for, but like you say, I think we could have beaten Cheltenham with even with the players that we're missing. Saturday morning club hosted by the foundation. See, if, get your kids down to Crest. There's a plug. There yeah. we go. Plug. Um, exactly what we need. I'm yeah. I got to see a Flackwell um, Heifer at home actually. So Stanley plays for uh, the under under twelves, and his his manager is assistant manager. Um, for Flackwell Heath first team and uh, Keith Ryan's on the coaching staff as well. So if Wickham aren't playing, we normally and they're at home, we normally head down to um, Wilkes Park in Flackwell to um, watch them, which will be good. And yeah, then just general kids football Sunday and the usual house chores, mate. Nothing too um, <laughs> too exciting. 
One, the glam, the glamour of being a football fan of a of a League One side that's now on international break. Uh, yeah, look, good shouts with non-league football. Do support your local clubs if you can. Flatcore Heath if they're playing at home. Risborough Rangers, uh, Chesham United are our picks. Um, but we do have football to talk about uh, before that international break. We're playing Stevenage on Saturday, the Foundation Day. Just to remind you, uh, this is our first meeting. Uh, at this level, League One level, since 2012. I know. Damo, can you remember that? Of course I can remember that, yeah. yeah all right, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> but look, let's, let's, let's quickly talk about Stevenage, though, because uh, what a what a turnaround for that side. Uh, Steve Evans, appointed manager, March 20, uh, 2022, so last year. Uh, they were 22nd in League Two, uh, and they were really staring relegation uh, in the face, struggling for quite a while. Uh, ensured survival that season. They were promoted second the following season to last season, and they're currently riding high, sitting sixth in League One. Seven wins, five draws, four losses. <laughs> they got, they've had some impressive results as well. They held Portsmouth to a goalless draw. They beat Derby three-one in their last league game. They're doing they're doing a tremendous job. I, I Steve Steve Evans is a bit of a is a bit of a dubious figure, isn't he in in, in football? But you can't deny the job that he's done with this side. We can't thing? we can't take them lightly, can we? We can't take them lightly. That's Did that's that, one thing you've got to be, got to think about this one. I think that I'm right in saying that like most of the jobs that he's had, he's gone in and he spent loads and loads of money, and here he's had to like beg, steal, and borrow a bit. Mm. Um, and he's brought in some good players. You know, got Elliot List there, haven't they? Um, Nick Freeman's there, I think, isn't he still? Mm. Yeah. Um, and they've built a they've built a decent squad, and like you say, they built a squad. They are better at home than they are away. Um, but yeah, that was super impressive. The last result against Derby, um, and I think that that it will be a challenge. You know, it's not going to be one of these home games that we can turn up and expect three points. It's going to be a tough old game, um, and hopefully, there's a decent crowd in there. Um, they don't normally travel that well, um, but hopefully, the Foundation Day will uh, will bump the numbers up a bit, get a good atmosphere going, because because uh, I think we're going to need it. We, uh, that's not the sort of game that we want to be going into with a dead atmosphere like the. Uh, like the game last Tuesday, because yeah. um, we'll end up getting done. So yeah, I think we need to. Uh, we need to. I'm sure Blooms will have the boys fired up. I think as supporters as well, get down there, watch the lads, and uh, and get behind them because this is going to be a proper game. Yeah, I think there's only 150 seats left. I think in the um, in the family stand that I saw on Twitter. So yeah, that's good. Fantastic. That that's yeah. like um, yeah, it'd be a decent um, decent attendance. Brilliant. I think given, you know, what the foundation stands for, what your story stands for, John, this is the kind of game that if you can get a good crowd there and play some good football, capitalise on, you know, some of the really strong performances that we've got running through the team at the moment, confidence is running high, capitalise on that, get a really good result, but importantly, put on a good performance. Because even, even sometimes when we don't win, but the performance is good enough, that's enough to get people back, uh, you know, for, for, for the next game. This is really, really important because uh, this is how you build that ongoing, you know, fan stuff. But yeah, Stevenage, I mean, kind of, you know, they're, they're sitting, you know, really good league standing at the moment, but they are beatable and they do ship goals. This is a game that we can take something from. But as you said, Damo, cannot underestimate we've beaten them already this season though we beat them one nil in the you know now bristol street motors trophy and that wasn't um, a full side either yeah not a lot that we can take from that though right because of the rotation but um what are you who are you 
expecting to see a good performance from and um what would you do with the the kind of the formula that we've got at the moment we made changes for Bradford do you want to see us revert to the same side that we're you know putting Fleetwood to the sword how do you want to see us line up I think a lot depends on whether Josh Gowan's fit or not um and then you can build the team around him that's that's what I do and I would go back to the five at the back as we, as we've had which def- which central defenders you use which ones are fit basically that's that's the uh, case there for me. Um, obviously, we haven't got votes anymore, but I think Dale Taylor's doing a decent job in that, you know, holding the line, and then we uh, let Hanlon and Co run at him. He looks a player, Dale Taylor. I think on um, Tuesday, I think when when I was looking at it, he, he a lot of the time he was sort of coming too far back towards the um, the halfway line and picking the ball up in areas that he wasn't going to hurt people in. And there was a couple of times where he got the ball just outside. Uh, of their box he made some lovely lovely turns and actually he should have got some shots off on a couple of those occasions but that's where you need him in and around their penalty area not picking the ball up sort of near our halfway line because we're not going to hurt anyone um yeah i'd love to see tj i really want to see tj get a run out and a consistent couple of games to just show what he can do because i think there's a real player in in tj it's just that confidence yeah, me too. Um, I I really want to see um, I really want to see those big three at the back sometime. Uh, Farino, Tafazzoli, and Lowe. So yeah. I think that would be uh, that would be outstanding. You know what that means is is moving around Leahy. I, you know we've spoken about it before. I'm not keen on Leahy playing on the left because I think it just takes him out of the heartbeat. Um, you could slightly change the shape and you know push him further forward. You could play him as a ten, maybe I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I. I would like to see that big three just because I think having an aerial presence with the kind of football that we play, having that aerial presence just gives a second dimension to the game. Um, you know, when when before we've had the likes of, you know, sort of Leahy, Keogh and A, and a another, there's not huge amounts of height. So we're not as as challenging from, uh, from set pieces as we have been previously. And, you know, you can play nice football, but there's no point in having set pieces if you can't convert from them. So, um, so yeah, I'd like to, um, I'd like to see those big three given a go at some point. What, and low on the bench? Pardon? And low on the bench? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but maybe like low Farino and, and Taff as a back three. Boys left, patterned and right. Then possibly Potts, Scowan if he's fit. Lee in the middle. Lee, Hanlon and Taylor maybe. Play almost well, like a. We can't of, forget Phillips. He's on fire at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Phillips has been yeah. doing well as well. Selection uh, headaches. Yeah, you love it. Yeah, yeah. This is, and this is exactly what I'm saying. You know, we've got we got seven or eight players out. Um, who at the beginning of the season you would have put your money on being being first team starters, um, and actually, you know, we're still sat here and we can't decide on what the eleven should be. It's it it's a nice problem for Blooms to have. And um, with the players that we've got out injured as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right, yeah. It's incredible. Do we like, know um, Vogt going to be out? Is there any news on him? Or it, if, it's, if it's a hamstring thing, it'll be yeah, probably just, the other, the other side of Christmas. I don't he think. just said he's going to be out for a while, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah, that sounds like sort of six or eight weeks. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a real loss. I, I do want to quickly mention what you what you mentioned there, John, with regards to Dale. Um, you know, we know he's got the attacking threat. We saw what he can do when he was playing in the Burton side last season. Uh, we've seen flashes of what he's capable of when you get the ball two feet, you know, in and around that box area. Um, I think the problem is is that that dropping back to 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 gather the ball. Um, and and that's that's you know that is a problem that needs to be addressed. How do we go about? Because I mean we've got our midfield, we've got quality in that midfield. How do we ensure that our star striker who should be in the box is in the box? I think it's uh, perhaps a little case of being very very young and maybe a bit inexperienced, getting frustrated, wanting to go and get the ball. Mm. Um, a lot of people criticised Rooney for it early in his career, didn't they? That he used to keep dropping deep rather than being in the box. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Um, But like you say, if you're just playing that one central striker, you can't really afford to have him dropping back, particularly when we're playing too wide of that. And I think, um, you know, maybe getting Potts further forward and letting him have more of a free role, like we saw against Fleetwood, um, might sort of naturally force him a bit further up the pitch. But I don't know, you know, I don't want to take the exuberance out of the kid. Um, Mm. I I don't want to stop him having that passion and having that chasing back. But at the same time, you want to use your players where they're best effective and he's best effective in the six-yard box between the posts. I think rather than than pumping it up front, I think if we get the ball on the ground to him quicker, he won't have to come back and get it. No, we we use the likes of... Potts and Phillips, who've got the creative flair, so set set him up, put it into his feet. We saw we saw he can turn he can turn and take a shot. We saw the goal Vogue scored the other week. I'm I'm pretty sure Dale Taylor could score that same goal. You know, but back to the goal, turn turn the defender and hit it. And uh, if we get it to him quicker, he won't have to come back and get it, will he? A bit more experience was obviously when Scowan's back in there. Will he be saying to to Dale, right? No, get back Stay up, up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, rather than very if, you know, if it's one thing you can yeah, will. I would never do for that. That's probably maybe that kind of lack of experience to say, no, no, get down the pitch. Yeah. yeah really I mean, cool. look, heart and energy for days. He's doing a good job. Those goals will come. I just, you can feel it. Um, the confidence is growing, not just in him, but in the in the whole side with our youngsters. Uh, very exciting. And hopefully we can get the performance and the result uh, come Saturday. Uh, gentlemen, uh, score predictions. How do we think it's going to unfold on Saturday? John, let's start with you. How do you think it's going to go? Well, it's going to be a great foundation day and I'm going to go <laughs> 3-0 Wickham. Ooh. Two for Taylor and one for Hamlin. There you go. I'm going to go 3-2, Wickham. <sighs> cracking Blood game. pressure game. Blood pressure game. <laughs> no, crack, cracking game. And I, I, I reckon some late drama. I'm back in one of the... Uh, maybe a Joe Lowe header right in the last minute to win it. Oh. In scenes. Scenes and limbs. The family stand yeah. goes wild. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> Being with the shot type moment. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go for that again. In my uh, role as Nostradamo, I will go for 2 1. 
Two one. He he shoots and he rarely misses. Does Nostradamo two one? Uh, good pick. Uh, I am going to go two nil. Um, I think that it's going to be a game that we 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 can score and I, and I think um, you know if if we've got if we've got those three towers at the back that that strong foundation. Uh, I think that we can keep a nice clean sheet and end the day uh, on a high and get the families back for the next few games and hopefully for life. Uh, Gentlemen, an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you very much for joining. And that will do it for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, Dan at DanClarkPR, and Damien at Damo1507. Thanks again to our guest, John Lavender. You can follow him on Twitter at John underscore Lavender. We'll be back next week with more discussions on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.